Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Steve, and um, uh, I'm married to Tammy, who you've already met, and we help lead this thing um, we call church. And um, just want to say Happy Easter. Uh, hopefully, no one has eaten their own body weight in chocolate yet, uh, or attempted to. Um, but hopefully, you're having a good morning. Isn't the weather been fabulous? Um, you do get that sense that maybe uh, summer peaks too soon, um, and this might be it, so make the most of it. Um, I spent the day in the garden gardening yesterday, which is a, a feat in itself, because I hate gardening. Um, and so this morning uh, is Easter Sunday, and so um, we're just going to spend some time reflecting on the reality of that. A few Years ago now, uh, disaster struck the G family household. Uh, it was a regular day. I think it was a Saturday. And, um, you know, nothing too out of the ordinary. I think we'd been out uh, as a family all day long. And finally, uh, we got home. And that's when disaster struck Um, We hadn't left one of the children somewhere or anything like that. Um, um, But I went to my bag and I pulled out my iPad. And in that moment, there was this sinking sense of horror. As I realised my beloved iPad 2, which I ditched a few years ago, but my beloved iPad 2 was damaged. I think I've got a picture here. Um, my wife wasn't that sympathetic. I think she, she said something like, it's just a dent, it still works. Um, she doesn't understand. You see, you see um, that iPad was made perfect. And um, it was my iPad, and it should be perfect. Uh, it, it, it should be perfect. And so... Um, This iPad that I owned, that I loved and cherished, was no longer perfect. And so I bought a case for it, and I managed to hide the dent. But it still wasn't perfect. It was no longer perfect. I wonder if any of us have got anything damaged like that, like a damaged laptop, or anybody got a damaged phone, willing to wave it, uh, damaged... A damaged phone, you know, but we all have things like that. And, you know, when um, you damage something that belongs to you, you you kind of wish that you could take it back and somehow just swap it for a new one. Now, I did consider taking one of my children to the Apple store and making them cry. (laughs) And just see what they did, you know. And, and failing that, I thought, well, maybe I could just go and cry. But a grown man in an Apple store crying probably isn't the best. Um, but, you know, when something breaks, when, when something gets damaged, wouldn't it be great if we could just take it somewhere and get it, get it swapped for a new one? Wouldn't it be great if we could have that kind of guarantee? That something that's broken, something that uh, is damaged, can be taken somewhere and be exchanged for something new. 
So let me ask you, what is the one thing right now that if you could get a new version of it, if you could get something new from something that's old, maybe it might be a new sofa, a new dining table, a new kitchen, a new car, a new house. I've just read my wife's Pinterest board. But um, uh, if you could get a new, something new, what would it be? So think about it for a moment. What, could you, what, what would be the thing that you would replace for new? Okay, just begin to think, think about that. Have you got that? Have you got that in your mind? Okay, so after three, I want you to shout it at me. Okay, you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> so I, I heard house over here, and I'm sure I heard husband over this side. But um, um, <laughs> some of you want a new husband. Um, but you know, uh, um, I don't know, but I think, I think if we were being really honest, we might not always say the thing that we've just shouted. We might not say some of those things. Maybe you might say spouse. Uh, maybe you might say child. We can, because they're in the other room. Um, but you, you might say child. Um, some of you might say a new job or a new purpose. Maybe you would say a new hope because you've been feeling really disappointed and discouraged in this season. Maybe some of you would say a new passion. Maybe if some of you were really honest, you would say a new beginning. Maybe some of us would say a whole new life. But if I had the opportunity, I would take a whole new life. You see, the wonderful thing about Easter and the wonderful thing about an empty tomb on Easter morning is that we can bring our broken things to God, our old, worn-out things, the busted things, the dead things, and he allows us to exchange them. He allows us to exchange it for something new. That's, that's the truth of the Easter story. This is how Jesus put it in John 11. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. That, that Jesus is, in one, in one breath, he's predicting the fact that he's going to die and be resurrected. And he's saying, he's saying to the people, he says, because of me, because of, because of Easter Sunday, because of what is going to be achieved, anyone who believes in me will live, even though they die. Because Jesus is resurrected, because, uh, because he has come back to life, anyone who dies, who puts their trust in him, will enter into life. And not just this life, but an eternal life. Life, life after death. And so when we celebrate Easter, not only are we celebrating the resurrection of Christ, but we're celebrating our own resurrections as well. That one day we will be resurrected. That one day those of us who trust in Jesus will enter into an eternal kind of life, an eternal new life. And you see, the resurrection of Jesus and, uh, and, and, and the resurrected body of Jesus is a, is a preview of what's to come. 
that just as Jesus' body was taken from the grave, the promise that we hold on to as those that trust him is that death isn't the final thing. That death isn't the final, the last word. But you know, if we're honest, that, can, that, that thought can get really missed on days like today. You know, we get excited about Easter, but if we're honest, we're mostly excited about chocolate, right? And, and, um, and Easter eggs and Easter egg hunts and all these things that we do at Easter, all these different traditions, and none of them are bad, but it can kind of get in the way. Then when the ultimate message of Easter is actually new life after death. And, you know, the, this idea of new life after death actually changes, it changes everything. See, because Jesus conquers the grave, because Jesus defeated death, you and I are promised eternal life. That death isn't the end, but it's the beginning of something new. I came across a blog uh, of a family who... The, the husband of this family was sadly um, dying of cancer. And unfortunately, a few years ago, he lost that battle and passed away. And I was just reading through this blog, and, it, and, and you know, they didn't really hold anything back. They just were very honest about the journey that they were going through. And this is what he said in his last entry before he died. He said, just looking at myself in the mirror, I can tell my downward spiral has begun. I'm at my all-time low of about 118 pounds. I have an awkward time shaving my face because the pure bone, I feel, it feels like I'm having to shave every bony contour of my face. My yellowed eyes constantly remind me of jaundice is settling back in. This pretty much means things are going to eventually start shutting down. There's nothing out there that makes sense for me to do to treat this that we haven't already looked at. And, you know, they had tried everything. They'd tried everything to battle this cancer, but unfortunately there was nothing left to do. But then he goes on to say this. He says, I'm very motivated about what the future has to offer me. There's a lot of reasons to be excited. The encouragement I have is that my eternal life will be in heaven, and I will be cancer-free soon. That puts a smile on my face. You know, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament in, in 1 Corinthians 2, he says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind conceives what God has prepared for those who love him. And, you know, that's what Easter is about. That's what we're celebrating, that God himself has broken the power of death and he's prepared something for us. He's prepared something more, that life goes on after death. And as I finish reading this blog post, this, this dying man's final words with five exclamation marks was this, God is good. God is good. And you know, the reality is a, a dying 34-year-old man with three children, for him to say, he couldn't say something like that without the reality of Easter, 
without the reality of what Easter offers us. So death is not the end. Death is a new beginning. 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The message translation puts it this way. It says, O death, who's afraid of you now? It's like he's literally mocking death because death has been defeated. That when Jesus was risen from the dead, he makes a way for all of us to have an eternal new life. Death doesn't have the final say. Death doesn't have the final word. That's great news, isn't it? That death isn't finite. It isn't the last thing. That there's something more. If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn to the book of Revelation, Revelation 21. You know, the book of Revelation is a, it's a strange book, isn't it? It's full of imagery and language that we don't fully understand. And John, the author of this book, um, he speaks in ways that we kind of have to unpack and pause and think about sometimes. But Revelation 21 and verse 1. It's quite apocalyptic in its language. And he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, brutally dressed for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And so as John writes this, he begins to describe this moment uh, that we look to, where a new heaven and a new earth will be established, where God will dwell amongst his people, where, where the fullness of the kingdom will invade the earth, where everything that God says gets done, where God's rule and reign becomes perfect. And then it says this in verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. I'm making everything new. The old has gone. It's new. It's new. I love what it says in verse 4, that God will wipe away every tear, every pain, that, 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 that our experience, our present reality will be no more. There'll be no more mourning or crying or disease or sickness. The old way of experiencing life will be gone. It will be gone. You know, gone will be the hospital waiting rooms. Gone will be the tear-stained divorce papers. Gone will be the repossessed homes. Gone will be the wheelchairs. Gone will be loneliness. Gone will be abuse. Gone will be things like cancer. It's all going to be gone. No more. 
Everything's going to be made new. And we get to celebrate that at Easter, that everything is being made new. And we could think, well, that's great. That's great that we get to look to that moment where everything is going to be made new. That great, it's great that one day God's going to make everything new. But what about now? What about now? No more tears one day. That's great. But what about now? No more loneliness one day. But what about the loneliness I feel now? No more heartache, no more pain, no more suffering. One day, that's fabulous. But what about the pain I'm in now? What about the suffering that I'm experiencing now? I could be excited about one day, but could I just get some of all things new right now? I just need some of it now. Not then, but now. Maybe if you think about it this way, imagine you had a phone call tomorrow, and you better let me do if you do. If you have a phone call tomorrow from a, a lawyer who says you have a distant relative who um, was a multi-million pound lottery winner, and this distant relative uh, has decided to give all his living relatives a million pounds each, that would be a good phone call tomorrow, wouldn't it? Um, don't forget me if that happens. Um, that's not a bad call to receive. How would a call like that make you feel? If, if, um, if you're anything like me, it might make you feel relieved. Like suddenly you think, oh, I'm going to be able to pay off some of those, some of those debts. Maybe live mortgage-free. Maybe have a, a more comfortable lifestyle, I wouldn't have to just get by. So imagine that's the phone call you get tomorrow. But then as you're making these plans in your head, this, this lawyer informs you that there are some conditions to taking this money. And the condition is that, that actually this person is going to give a million pounds to each relative year by year. And because you are such a distant relative, you're not going to receive that money for another 20 years. And so you have this gift of one million pounds. It's yours, but you're not going to receive it for another 20 years. Well, my guess is you'll still be happy, right? You'll still be quite pleased with that. I've got a million pounds in 20 years' time. It's still good news. But the delay changes how we respond and how we receive it. You know, it could, it, it could be nice to know that you've got that security in the future, that you're going to be taken care of in your old age. You have that, this surety. Um, that there's not going to be this pressure on you as an older person because you've got uh, a million pounds uh, in the bank. But, you know, as you hang up the phone, it actually doesn't change much in the here and now. There's still those bills to be paid. 
There's still those financial challenges that you live with. There's, there's still that car loan to pay or that emergency you have to put on a credit card. And, you know, I wonder sometimes that if we, we actually feel the same way about eternity, that as we walk out of church, especially on Easter Sunday, we think, you know, it's great, new life is to come. New life to come. And that's great for my future assurity. But as you get home, as you step into a new week, the reality is, is that the present kind of life becomes overwhelming. We become overwhelmed by what we have right now, that what, what life is. And so what if the real message of Easter isn't just new life one day? What if the real message of Easter is new life begins now? That new life can begin now. This is what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, He died, meaning Jesus, for everyone, so that those who receive Uh, his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. And then it says in verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. See, it didn't say a new life will begin. It says a new life has begun. And so the good news of Jesus and the good news of Easter isn't just that we will one day live in that reality, but actually the good news is that new begins now. New begins now. And if we can be understand, begin to understand that reality, that our eternal life has already begun changes everything. It changes how we live. It changes our perspective. It changes our passion. It changes the purpose that we, that we live for. New life doesn't just begin when I die. New life begins when I surrender to Jesus. And it continues into eternity, that when we surrender to him, we begin a new life, but we still live in an old world. We begin this new life, but we still live in an old world, that our new life has already begun, and we have the opportunity in that new life to discover new passion, a new purpose, and a new perspective while still living in this old world. We live in this new life, in this old world. And one of the things that the resurrection gives us is power to live that new life. It's the resurrection that gives us power. Ephesians 1.19, I also pray that you will understand uh, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. That it's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. You know, if you were to ask someone how they're doing, and if they were to be honest beyond, I'm fine, how are you? 
Um, and if people were to be honest with you, they would probably say something like this. I'm, I'm okay. I'm muddling through. I'm, I'm getting by. I'm a little bit tired. I'm a little bit stressed, but I'm okay. You know, most of us are just okay. We're just getting by. We're just, we're just figuring it out. But but what the resurrection gives us is power to live an eternal kind of life right now uh, in a just getting by, feeling tired, stressed out kind of world. That's what the resurrection does. It gives us power to live a different, new, eternal life in a world that's still old. And you see, Paul's prayer is that we will walk in that power, that we will walk in that same power that raised Christ from the dead, that we will experience resurrection power in our lives right now, that we wouldn't just get by, that we wouldn't just muddle through, but we would live resurrected lives. And you see, with this power, we get the chance at a new beginning. That is, resurrection is all about a new beginning. A new beginning that can start right now. A new beginning that can start this morning for some of us. And so it doesn't matter how broken you are, how damaged, how abused. It doesn't matter how worn out you might feel. The wonderful reality of what Jesus has done is he takes what we have and he swaps it for something new. He gives us something new in exchange. He gives us a whole new life. New begins now. And so as we celebrate the power of the resurrection. Not only do we celebrate Jesus' victory over the power of death, that death no longer has the final word. That's good news. That's worth celebrating. We can just celebrate that if you like. You know, that death has no power. It's lost its sting. But also, we celebrate that, that resurrected, resurrection power gives us the ability to live a whole new, eternal kind of life right now. Right now, right in this present moment. The philosopher Dallas Willard, he says, the gospel, meaning the good news of Jesus. The gospel is less about how you get into the kingdom of heaven after you die and more about how you live in the kingdom of heaven before you die. You see, the new, new begins right now. Why don't we stand? And so this, um, as we bring the service to a close, we're going to partake in communion together. And for those of you who that's something new to you, this is just something Jesus instructed his disciples to do. When, whenever they gather together, he said, do this in remembrance of me. And probably there's no more fitting a time than on an Easter Sunday morning to partake in these elements again, uh, to receive 
um, the, from the body and the blood that Jesus shed, uh, that as we enter in to new life, as we begin to receive an eternal kind of life right now in our present reality, as we receive the resurrected power of Christ into our bodies, that as we, as we come to these elements this morning, we're going we're gonna to enter in, make that choice again. I'm entering into new life. And so if you're um, new to church or you wouldn't necessarily call yourself a follower of Jesus, you can sit this one out. Or you might think, you know what, I want to experience some of that new life. And, and if that's you, then the table is open to you. That, that might be the first step you make in following Jesus. He's coming and receiving those elements this morning. And so we've got three stations. Uh, we have got an alcoholic um, station to, not for alcoholics, uh, alcoholic wine <laughs> um, to my right. We have got um, non-alcoholic um, to my left. And at the back, uh, Michelle has got a gluten-free option as well. So as, as we um, come to the table this morning, uh, and it might be that you want to come with your family and just serve one another, or, or maybe just a group of you, just come around the table. Don't form a British queue. Okay, just come around the table, break some of the bread, dip it in the cup, and receive the elements this morning. I'll just get the sound guys to play some music while we do that.